you know how we like to take trips down memory lane? And you know how we always like to talk about the 2011 season because, heck, I don't know, championships are kind of fun to win. And we've recently been talking about how we're going more old school, a little bit more 11 personnel, a little bit more 12 personnel, a little bit more tight end, a little bit more fullback, a little bit more, I don't know, Samakai Staley style. So let's talk about all of this and more right around the turn. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at Aldeo State. And today we are brought to you by FanDuel, the best experience in the betting world. So if you... We're coming up a long time ago. You knew that us getting the top players in Oklahoma when it came to recruiting was a very difficult proposition, right? You had to squeeze out the, the quote-unquote big brother over there in the backyard for one, and then you had to compete with the Arkansas and the Michigans of the world, and we finally got one. And then he ended up being a three-time All-Big 12 performer, ended up being the Gatorade Player of the Year in Oklahoma, and ended up being a... 14-0, perfect season, state champion, and a 2018 Guthrie High School Hall of Fame inductee. Goodness gracious, I need to take a bunch, bunch of breaths for this one. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome into the show today, Kai Saley. How are you doing, my guy? I am doing good, man. It's a, it's a blessing and a privilege to be on the show today. Well, I greatly appreciate you jumping on. And the reason being is, as I kind of alluded to in the open, right, we have kind of saw the transitions over time in Oklahoma State. And at one point in time, we got to it. We had this offense where it was hurry up, get it out of the hands, right? One of Bread and Whedon's games was to try to get it out of his hands in under 2.4 seconds, right? These were things that we used to combat some weaknesses that were perceived in recruiting. And that was the O-line, D-line, right? Gundy for years and years and years talked about it's hard to get the 300-pound dudes to Stillwater. So we had to find innovative ways offensively to kind of counterbalance that. And so through this evolutionary process, you've seen the run game kind of be hit and miss, right? If you've got a Justice Hill or a Chuba Hubbard or a Jalen Warren, then maybe it allows you to do some things that you aren't really designed to do. Well, this year, we have watched this transition go from this high-flying offense that we've been known for for years and years and years to more of this old school, right? We went very aggressively after tight ends. Uh, we got we got Braden Cassidy coming back, and we know he can transition to more of that fullback role, just like a Schultz can. So now we have true tight ends. We're going to use more 11 and 12 personnel, which means our running game is coming back, which means the power in the running game is coming back, which is why I think it's perfect that you are on the show because you were in that evolutionary process, right? You were part of the, the, the transitions, and the diamond formation and the smash mouth football to a little bit more of that widespread. And now we're reverting back to more old school. So can you kind of walk us through 
what that was like for you when you saw the transition happening at Oklahoma State? Well, I would say that, um, you know, I'll, I'm going to go back a little bit because um, when I got there, I wasn't, you know, tabbed to be a fullback, you know. Um, injuries, right. you know, you know, derailed my, you know, career and kind of held me back. But uh, one person that I definitely um, kind of saw, like, in that, you know, that role and be very successful at it was Brian Ward. And uh, a lot of people kind of forget about him a little bit. Stillwater uh, kid, uh, he just did everything right. Uh, he came, he'd come in, isolation, uh 24 or excuse me 22 23 hitting off that backside in so that was just something that i tried to you know mold my game just a little bit uh in the sense of him now i i won't try to you know uh knock him down for anything but uh obviously i i was a little bit better at you know running the ball just a hair but uh it's been very um it's been very cool to see us you know get back to that smash smash mouth uh game you know, back in 2011, uh, our run game was most important because it set up our play action, uh, you know, Blackman on the post, uh, getting out those quick screens, you know, they had to respect the run. And right. with like we had with uh, Joseph Randall, you know, Jeremy Smith, uh, Desmond Rowland, it was it was easy to block for those guys. And sometimes, you know, I just, <laughs> I'd see the defense and I'm like, just follow me. And, you know, OK. And we had great success. So it, it's very cool to, you know, see, I guess, the start of the Cowboy back. I guess I kind of pioneered that. And it's, it's like I said, it's really cool to see. It's um, it's awesome because I can literally go back and I remember meeting uh one fullback. I, I can't remember his name. Uh, Cuts Clutz. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I had a chance to meet him, and I, when I said my name, and he was like, "Wait, you're you're Kai?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Man, I remember watching. They used to put film. Used to have we had to have clinics just watching you block people." And like I was like, "Man, it's just an attitude. Whenever you come out with an attitude and you set that tone against a defense." They get to a point to where those safeties don't want to come down. Those linebackers don't want to come down. You just wear the defense down easily. So, okay, yeah, I, I like that you said we're going to go back a little bit. Let's do that again. Let's talk about high school because, as you had already said, you were, again, um, the number one ranked player in the state of Oklahoma, the number six ranked athlete in all of America, mm-hmm. and you were a running back. You were a quarterback. You were a free safety, strong safety, linebacker, DN, tight end, wide receiver, whatever, right? Matter of fact, your senior year, oh, you ready? Uh, you ran for 1,380 yards and 28 touchdowns. Is that accurate? That's, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you came to Oklahoma State to be a, a, a bad mamma jamma running back, right? We brought you in to, to run the – we're on the rock right next to Joe Randall. And everybody knows Joe Randall was a bad mamma jamma who had a very good NFL career. And you were, you were going to be right there with him. And you knew that coming in, which is why I kind of want to talk about the recruiting process. Cause again, okay. when you choose Oklahoma state over OU, Arkansas and Michigan, that was, that was new. And I know you knew that, right? You knew coming from Guthrie, everybody assumed you were going to go to OU because how how talented you are. I mean, when you're, I don't know, the player of the year in the state, that's usually not a guy that O-State got for a long time. And so not only were you a catalyst in what the Cowboy back ended up being, and you mentioned Bryant Ward actually played high school ball with Bryant Ward. And it's funny that he, he, he made his yoke over at fullback because in high school he made his living a linebacker. You know, mm-hmm. he, he played fullback running back as well, but I just remember him tearing it up as a linebacker. But yeah, you guys are the reason the cowboy back was invented. But that was kind of because of injuries. 
Mm-hmm. So let's let's kind of go back in your recruiting process for one. So tell us about the recruiting process, why you picked Oklahoma State, and then we'll get into the injuries. But real quick, brother man, I do got to let the fine people out here know that, as I mentioned earlier, today we are brought to you by FanDuel. And everybody knows whenever you're trying to, you know, manipulate the pocketbook a little bit, if, you're, if your money's acting a little funny, if your change is acting a little strange, FanDuel is going to be able to help you with that. Okay, we're really excited. This our new partnership with Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. If you love FanDuel, that's even better for you because we have so many features. Starting today, get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets for money line, point spreads, and player props. Plus, you can combine your Bets for a chance at bigger payouts with the same game parlay. Do yourself a favor right now. Go to Locked On as your promo code, FanDuel.com. Make every moment more matter with FanDuel. All right. All right. So, the recruiting process. How did it evolve that you chose Oklahoma State over all of those options? And then we'll get into the injury bug. Well, I think a lot of people don't notice. I was actually committed to LSU my senior year. Uh in the summertime, um, Les Miles that came in fresh off a national championship, and you know he came in and uh, you know came in with his national championship ring and got a chance to meet him. He kind of made it sound very enticing. They also wanted me a running back, so I was like, "Yeah, I commit." And I remember I didn't talk to my about it, so she wasn't very happy at that time. <laughs> the more and more you know, I went to OSU. It just seemed like and it kind of like seemed like a no brainer. Um, I realized that, you know, LSU was about eight or nine hours. Distance wasn't, you know, really a factor, but I wanted to think about it. You know, I want my, you know, family and friends to be able to see me play at a at this high level. And I know that it'd been a little bit impossible, you know, with me going to LSU. And uh, so I, I visited uh, Stillwater quite often. And, you know, at that time they were rebuilding Boone Pickens Stadium. They had just gotten the West End Zone built. They were showing us uh, a lot of different uh, new uniforms that were coming up and, it was just, it was like I said, it was just a no-brainer. It was like a lot of stuff that I wanted to be a part of, and uh, you know, I had some. I, had, I remember I had Roy Williams ask me. Uh, I had the opportunity to talk to him. He's like, "You could have went to OU, OSU, or wherever. Why'd you choose OSU?" And I said, "Because I wanted to be a part of something that had never happened before, you know." And we were able to, you know, win the uh, school's first outright Big Twelve championship, go on to have great success in the Fiesta Bowl. And he was, you know, he got the points like, "You can't respect that," you know. I said, "OU's had, you know." much success and they've done that before but i want to be a part of something that had never been done and that's why i chose osu well okay i'm glad it worked out because that's exactly what happened you were part of that transition that made everybody realize that oklahoma state is a contender now and 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 gundy kind of helped set that that bar for us being a contender year in and year out and you're right because of you guys that that was able to happen and it's good to hear that LSU was able to steal less miles from us, but not you. So I'm very glad that you kind of helped help break that down for us. Okay, so walk us through. You come in, you red shirt, right? You come in at what, six, six foot, 211, two, 210, something like that. And then you go through your next spring, and that's when you have not only a debilitating injury, but a lot of people said it was a devastating injury uh, that may cause you to never even walk again. Walk us through that moment because you knew you knew talent wise you were good enough to be on that field, right? And ironically enough, 
when you hurt yourself was on a touchdown play um, in spring, correct? Or was it fall? Oh, it was, it happened in the fall. It was the, literally okay. the last, uh, the last day of camp, last day of two days. Gotcha. And that's when, you know, I'm a redshirt freshman coming in. I'm trying to prove myself being on special teams, uh, you know, trying to show the coaches that I'm, I can be a valuable asset to the team. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. I went um, four consecutive plays on special teams. And uh, at that time we had uh, Coach Gillespie as our running back coach. And he had asked me, I was going to second team. He's like, hey, do you want me to get you a breather? And I was like, no, I'm fine. Because I, like I said, I wanted to show him that I could carry the workload. Right. The injury had happened. Uh, it was the second play of the little scrimmage that we had. I just missed a cut and got rolled up. And uh, as my foot as my foot stayed in the ground, uh, just alignment kind of his weight just hit on me and just slowly just tore. And uh, the ironic thing about that is uh, my mom and my uncle were supposed to uh, come watch that. And they weren't able to get into the gate because they forgot the gate code. So they, you know, went ahead and turned around and driving back to Stillwater. I mean, driving back to Guthrie. And uh, so I think when they got to the exit, I, that's when she got the call. Like, hey, I need you to come back. Uh, I hurt myself. We got to go to the hospital. I didn't know the magnitude of the injury at the time. Uh, like I said, when it happened, my foot just just went numb and, you know, swelled up like a, my knee swelled up like a balloon. And I remember it was hot and I tried to get up and just fell back down, you know, um rob hunt uh john stem uh we're like just stay down he's like yeah you definitely toured but I, this is probably gonna be a whole lot more we're just gonna let you know so you know i went through all of that as a you know 18 year old kid who's just you know looking just to get on the field but you, you know look for your mcl acl pcl and meniscus correct acl mcl meniscus hamstring calf and i had nerve damage yeah it was it was a total total blowout total blowout that's a, that's rare that's a one in a million injury mm -hmm. very rare i never forget i had a uh, surgery the day before my 19th birthday so that was that was a definitely a, a tough time you know as a like i said now 19 year old kid fresh out of surgery right. just just upset just upset at the world and just how could why just you know asking god why why me i've done everything right i put it into work you know i trust the process i'm like just why you know so it was it was definitely tough, but you know now I look back on it. I, at the time, I never thought I'd get through it, and you know here I am years later, you know still with a a story you know to tell, you know just to show people that you know impossible is nothing. You know you can get through anything with the right mindset and with the right attitude and just with the right people that have your back for sure. So whenever you got over your surgery, and you know another thing that you were part of was the solidification of what body by glass really means. Um, so kind of walk us through that, right? Because you're right, you have a redshirt year, you're doing everything everything right, you're climbing up the depth chart, you know you you belong, and then all of this stuff happens, and then um, you ended up putting on what was it like 30, 40, 45 pounds. About, it was about yeah about 20 pounds in the summer so okay yeah, yeah about 15 20 pounds in the summer which that's what was your mentality like did you know well i mean hell actually they were originally telling you you may not walk again so i, I know you didn't know but in your mind what okay when was the moment that you knew i can get back on the field the moment i knew i could get back on the field was literally the day after the alamo bowl uh in 2010, you know, I had uh, a lot of people didn't notice. I was secretly working out on my own. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd literally moving and work out. I, I, at that time, I knew I was still part of the team, but I didn't feel like it. Like, not, right. not, and you, were, you felt separated and you were working out in Guthrie, right? 
Uh, well, like I said, I was just working out in, at the Cove, and I'd literally go up to the Cove okay. nights and just work out. And people were like, "Is that you know?" I'm not. I don't. I never never go in there with OSU football. Nothing. Like I just just let me be a regular student. And just let me work out and you know do what I got to do and leave. But um, I remember I went to Coach Gundy and I I was like, uh, "Hey, Coach Gundy, can I talk to you?" He's like, "Yeah, what's up?" And so I said, "Uh, I think I'm. I think I want to try one more time." And He's like, that's perfect. He said, I was just waiting for you to ask. And he <laughs> was, get with Coach Glass and uh, just get with him and we'll we'll talk and we'll figure out what we need to do. I will say that I am very uh, grateful for uh, OSU strength conditioning uh, staff. Coach Glass, Coach uh, Coach G, Coach uh, Coach Truman, uh, all of them were huge catalysts uh, to help me get back. You know, Coach Joel, he was able to uh, keep my mind, you know, in the right direction, you know, keeping my faith strong. Coach Glass was the one that really kept me motivated. And I say Coach G is the one that really kept me humble. So I got to give a huge shout out to uh, the strength and conditioning staff uh, for everything they had done for me at that time. And and when when was the, the shift in your mindset that you knew you were going to go from, you know, a, an extremely athletic running back to a guy that was now going to be leading the way? Was that a, a transition that you made or was, did some, somebody recommend like, hey, Kai, I think this is the direction we're going to go with you because you're just too athletic to not be on the field in some mm-hmm. capacity? So, like I said, I'll never forget that day. Uh, now uh, we're moving on from uh, co- from Coach Gillespie to Coach Singleton, who came in. And he just sat me down. I went I went through spring. That's when I think that's when my confidence really grew because everybody on the team knew what I was going through, knew what I had gone through. So to see me start coming up the way I did in practice and, you know, able to move and able to do everything I had, I feel like it was they they inspired me to work harder each and every day. You know, the, you know, I see how Justin Blackman works hard. I see how Markel Martin works hard. I see how Brandon Whedon works hard, you know, and I, I wanted I wanted that taste. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, so yeah. as I'm continuing to go through it, you know, spring is done. And Coach uh, Singleton sits me down and said, hey, he said, I'm be honest with you. Um, he said. Honestly, Joe's gonna be our guy, and Jeremy's gonna be our backup. I'm just just letting you know. He said, if you want to get on the field, we gotta we got this idea. We want to go fast, but we need a, a, a fullback, uh, you know, that can, you know, do what we need. You know, catch sometimes catch something out of the backfield, yep. be able to run. Feel like you could be that spot. And I'll I'll never forget. I said, I said I'm not no damn fullback, and I got up and walked out the room. And literally, I called my mom and she, I talked to her about it. And she gave me a little insight, a little, little butt chewing, honestly. And so I walked back in literally the next day and I said, well, I have an opportunity to play. He said, the spot is yours to lose. Let's do it. And from that moment on, my mindset changed. OK, I'm, I'm about to go hit people. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mama Bear Kai. We appreciate you. <laughs> OK, so w- let's talk about that when you decided to come back, mm-hmm. I'm sure, and you've already, you've already mentioned a few, but I would imagine going back, knowing you're going to be able to play with Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman and Joe Randall, and Jeremy Smith and Charlie Moore and, and Clint shelf and Colton shelf and Desmond Rowland. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the list goes on. You guys had a lot of talent and obviously you had a very opportunistic defense. Was you coming back in 2011 more about you on a personal journey or was it more about, oh crap, we're gonna be pretty good. It was definitely. I might, might want to hang on for see if we can win a ring here. It was definitely more about me. Um, I felt okay. I had something to prove. Um, I let a lot of um, 
negativity from my town kind of gets me like, oh, you, you were this in high school. Now you're out doing that. And I want to have something to prove. And, you know, I felt like I kind of let my uh, my family down in that sense. And, you know, mom always told me, I, I don't care if you play another down of football in your life. If you graduate, that's the proudest moment. Right. And so, like I said, at the time I was, I think I was 20, 21. I'm like, nah, that's, that's not good enough for me. And, you know, there was so many motiv- there's so many motivational factors that, you know, that went into that, you know, being able to come back and play why war number nine, just to be able to represent uh, just my hometown as a whole. And I, I don't care if I didn't care if we went, Oh, and, If I was able to step on the field after everything I had gone through and doctors saying I'd never play football again or maybe not even walk again, that was that was the motivation I needed. And I just I just went I just went a thousand thousand miles an hour with it. And, you know, it's kind of not funny, but ironic. You mentioned, you know, the town thing. Right. I think for visual visualization purposes, you could think back to a Friday Night Lights type of scenario. Right. With Booby Miles Mm -hmm. and. I can imagine you were the Oklahoma player of the year. You were a nine time varsity letter award winner. I didn't even know you could do that. (laughs) And, and yeah, man, you set the bench. You were the bar in Guthrie high school for heck a long time. And you played with uh, was Kentrell brothers. Uh, He was a little bit younger than me. I played with with Monte Foster. um, Roger. Let me trying to think. Uh, maybe some people that you may know, uh, Dante Foster. He, he's the he went to end up going to Ohio, having a great career. Um, so that, that's the most well known, like of Guthrie. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. So you come back in um, 2011, right? And mm-hmm. I'm assuming you guys you knew the talent level you had, but I guess you don't really always know until you get into the thick of it. That's when you really find out. But let's go. You talked about uh, being a receiving option. Was, uh, can we can we go over that 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 t- that tutty you got when uh, Mr. Heisman and the number three ranked Baylor Bears come into Stillwater and catch a catch an L and you and you you have that 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 touchdown? What was that first reception like in the end zone after battling through multiple years of nothing but injuries? I mean, go through that that daggone emotion. It was just definitely a testament of, you know, the hard work and, you know, just the dedication that I that I had. Like I said, Coach Glass, Coach Joel uh, and Coach G, like I said, they they kept my mind at ease and they kept me mentally, physically and emotionally strong in that in that mindset. Um, it was it was very rewarding. I'll say uh, we had talked about this play the whole week. And uh, I remember Munkin was like, you should be open. And when I caught it, I turned and looked and I said, oh, crap, like I really am open. But I have to. <laughs> And our coach always tells us, you know, act like you've been there before. I said, Coach, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know how to act because I hadn't been there before. <laughs> you know, there's so there's so many things I wanted to do, but the main thing, the main thing I knew I wanted to do was celebrate with my teammates and just take a knee just one time, just to you know thank the Lord for you know everything. Just, I feel like that moment was kind of defining. Uh, that's probably the best moment I've ever had at OSU, uh, just per, on a personal, uh, right, personal uh, aspect of it, but um. Yeah, it was um, it, it was it was pretty cool, you know, because you know we were playing RG three, who ended up being a Heisman winner, uh, being first round pick, and you know just to go out and dominate them the way that we did was just it it was it was great. <clears throat> Complete domination. Complete. Well, heck, if you want to talk about domination, 
Um, and, 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 you know, I'm sure you got to work out what you wanted to do on the end zone because you had a, a couple more rushing touchdowns against Baylor as well. So, you know, you have, you like, you like to play Baylor evidently. And we, and we appreciate that. So not only did you get to dominate the Heisman winner when they were ranked number three, you also got to, uh, I'm going to go past dominate. Y'all got to obliterate the daggone team 71 miles down South that had, tell Tell me that feeling. I mean, I was on the strip, so I remember most of that night. But just in, in general, that, that game was absolutely insane. To blow the doors off of them had to be a pretty cool feeling. Growing up in Oklahoma with your whole life, I'm sure you heard a million times, oh, you're going to go to OU, oh, you're going to go to OU. Your whole life, I'm sure you heard that. And then to have that not only moment, but to blow the absolute doors off of them, I mean, come on, man. It was a uh... – well, I will say this, uh, you know, the previous game before that, we were very, uh, you know, heartbroken uh, just yes. with the of our coaches. Uh, right. it was, you know, <clears throat> that game was, you know, a, a tough pill to swallow. You know, we had came out and we had did everything right. And I'll never take anything away from, you know, Iowa State. They did what they had to do to uh, beat us uh, in the game. Yeah. But uh, honestly, our mind got screwed. Yeah, uh, our minds, you know, we were just thinking about the bigger picture. You know, like right. I said, should have went, you know handle business like we should have, but it is what it is. So when we come back, we were, we were more angry than, you know, anything. So we wanted to go out and kind of prove a point. And, you know, our running backs did an excellent job. I don't think, I think that's the first game that we didn't, I don't think he had a, a passing touchdown, like on off, offensively, I think all of our touchdowns were rushing. So we, right. we just went out and set the tone and just, you know, do what we had to do. Cause we knew we still had our, uh, a high possibility of making the national championship. So we had to come out and just, do what we had to do just to show the committee that, you know, that loss was just kind of a fluke and we, we are, we are a team, you know, to be reckoned with. Yeah. You'd think they would have taken that into consideration. And I'm actually very glad you went there. And it's a perfect segue. So the show I did earlier today was all about the basketball game today against Ole Miss. Uh, it's the remember the 10 uh, day, right? So what you were talking about just for some of the fans out there was Oklahoma state had another plane crash. Uh, and it killed some some people that w- some of the OSU players were dating at the time. So that trip to Ames, Iowa, I mean, playing at Ames, Iowa at night, it's already a nightmare, right? The emotion of, and, and I do know that it was kind of kicked around about that game potentially being postponed. And as the basketball team gets set up today for a massive game against Ole Miss with the Remember the Ten plane crash, Go over the emotions that you guys had to try to bottle and play. Uh, how difficult was that? Because clearly the result on the field equaled. Y'all just weren't 100% up to snuff. Do you think that the emotions maybe got the, the better of you on that that day? I won't. I mean, like I said, I won't say that. And then once again, I'll say Iowa State, you know, came in and had a good game plan and they were the better team at that moment. But, uh, yeah, we had literally just seen Coach Bucky and Coach Serna um, literally the day before we left because we all were in training table. To say it wasn't in the back of our minds would be a lie. Um, right. We had gotten woken up a little bit earlier, and, you know, Coach wanted to let us know before we saw it on any type of social media or uh, news outlets that, you know, what was happening. And we just kind of just sat and, you know, just prayed and just we're just there for each other. Like, everybody felt it. Everybody felt it. You know, and it's things like this, and I've talked about it on my show before, Oklahoma State is different, right? 
OU fans will talk all day, every day, 24-7 about football, 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 football. Oklahoma State fans talk about the university, right? We're not, I mean, obviously football drives, the. it's the moneymaker, right? But we do kind of, I don't know, we're, we're more of a tight-knit community than most everywhere else in the country. I think that's one of the, the reasons Oklahoma State is significantly different. Uh, and then you being an Okie and being in that moment, I, I'm sure, I'm sure the emotions did play a part. But as you know, as it pertains to today, do you think that your journey after Oklahoma State has been as involved as you wanted it to be? I mean, do you, do you feel as involved with O State as 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 you want to be? Do you come uh, back to games? Are you invited to a bunch of stuff? And you know, because again, to build the future, I think it's important to keep the past uh, together as well. Uh, I get back uh, to games whenever I, you know, I possibly can. Uh, I've been invited back, but uh, I, like I said, I, I try to get back as much as I can. I definitely agree with you. It's definitely important to keep the past, uh, especially players, you know, intact because you know those players that are kind of there now. They kind of saw us coming up, you know, back in the day, yep. and just the way we had transitioned the program. Because I still remember when we were six and seven, seven and seven, and just to see the progression of the program as a whole, it was, it was a gratifying experience to know, like, you know, we, we had a, we had a, a pinch like of something to do with that, just to see how Oklahoma state has come up as a football team and as a program to see how we're getting all these now four-star recruits to see how we're getting some of the top players in the state. Uh, yep. I, that's just us coming out and just handling our business and doing it the right way, just doing it the way we're supposed to. I love it, man. Yeah, and don't sell yourself short. You didn't have a pinch. Get out of here. Y'all were y'all were very instrumental in in the amount of success. That 2011 squad opened the door, right? But more importantly, it was the squads like you said that built up to that. Mm-hmm. Right? And 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 like you said, that the past is very important because if you're going through recruiting, I'm sure the the first time you ever met Barry Sanders or Thurman Thomas, was one of those moments that you're like, oh, crap. I played the same place these dudes did. But we don't talk about them enough. That's why, Dude, that is 100%. I don't want to get on a rant here, but <laughs> that's why I got into this because we are one of the top 10 winningest programs in all of college football in the last decade. But if you talk to somebody in Mississippi or Maine or Oregon, they know nothing about O-State. There's people – C to C that don't know that Barry Sanders went to Oklahoma State or Thurman Thomas or Hartley Dykes or Barry Sanders. It, it just, the list goes on and on and on. Des Bryant. And that's what I am trying to do is to get all this information out there. And having people like you on the show is masterful. It's masterful in me being able to help do that because, as we'd already talked about, connecting the dots from the past to what we have now, especially with this new you know, 11-man type of personnel that we're shifting towards, the, the grab-your-lunch pail, go-to-work, go-to-war mentality, it's always meant more in Stillwater, and it has to continue to be that way because of guys like you. Brother man, let's think about it. If 2011 doesn't happen, if 2011 doesn't happen, then the expectation of O-State fans is still what? Seven, eight wins? 
Mm-hmm. But that's not the expectation anymore. I would argue that as an O State fan, with how much we've ascended, anything less than nine wins is a moment where you shake your head and go, "Well, well, what happened? Mm-hmm. What went wrong?" And it's again, it's because of you. You guys set that foundation. Yeah, Les Miles obviously helped, right? Les Miles kind of put one of those those big building blocks in the ground. Gundy expanded upon it. But as far as the growth of the program, it's one hundred percent due to your guys's crew and getting up to 2011 because that's what put us on the map that's what allowed even the mason rudolph years right 10 win 10 win 10 win seasons back to back to back Mm -hmm. and and we were and we were and mason rudolph was a big time four-star get and again it was because of your classes so please don't sell yourself short make sure you're going back to stillwater as much as you physically possibly can because it's imperative it's imperative for Oklahoma State's continued success and growth to get this stuff out there, brother. Right? So don't sell yourself short, right? We appreciate what y'all did because without it, we wouldn't have what we have now. Mm-hmm. The expectation wouldn't be what it is now. Okay, so before we skedaddle on off here, brother, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing in life at this moment. Cause I know after O State. You helped some family, got in some real estate. Uh, you bounced around, done some oil and gas, which, you know, I'm a big fan of because that's where I spent most of my career. So kind of just uh, l- let us know what your transition out of football was and, and where you're at now. Uh, no, transition out of football. Uh, whenever I was in college, I'll say that I was a uh, an angry player. I, I played angry and I played with a chip on my shoulder. And it kind of transitioned to, you know, my personal life. So, when I, once I kind of got out of football, that's when I really looked for, you know, a lot of mental peace um, just to figure out who I am as a person and, you know, not be identified as just Kai Staley, the football player. And I think a lot of football players uh, can't break away from that 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 persona. And it is, it's kind of difficult. And I'll, I'll be the first to, you know, admit it, you know, that ego, you know, just of this, I was known for this and that, and, you know, it, it, it feels good. But you get to a point to where you want to be known for more. And, and, you know, that's one thing that I've definitely been, you know, in the process of doing. But as you were uh, asking, um, right now I'm working in uh, oil and gas, working for a company named Enzyme. Uh, well, right now we're out in Odessa. I'm actually doing a few things. Uh, started a pie business, like pie that you eat. It's quite, you know, funny how, you know, all that process started up. And um, long story short, I ended up naming it uh, Edda's Pies, named after my grandmother. But come to find out, um, I told my mom that story and, you know, what I wanted to name it. And she said, that's crazy. She said, uh, my uncle, whenever he was a kid, had a dream of starting a pie business named Edda's Pies. And when she kind of told me that, I felt like it was it was it was fate. You know, it was like destiny to, you know, to do it. And so I've been kind of doing that for a year and it's just been progressing each and every day, each and every week, each and every every year. E T T A, E T T A, Edda's Pies. By that's my that's my mother's name. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah. Small world, small world, man. And uh, on side of that, I also uh, have a podcast myself uh, called Athletes. Yes. Athletes. I just uh, finished my seventh uh, episode. If you knew better, uh, it's on Spotify at the moment. I'm really trying to look to get it to uh, Apple Podcast, which is a process. Um, I know I need to be more consistent with it because I, I do feel like I do have a lot of good content to talk about. A lot of times I talk about, you know, struggles I went through in college uh, just as an adult male. And uh, what the podcast is really about is just getting different athletes on there just to talk about their stories. Everybody has a story. I have my story. Uh, 
I also got a, a former OSU player on there uh, recently, David Washington. Uh, he was my episode six, and, you know, he got to open up about some of the struggles he went through in his life and able to get a, uh, a young girl named Harini on there from India who's a tennis player who came over to, you know, the United States to play in college. And, you know, as I talk to these athletes, you know, they open up their stories. I go around Oklahoma City to these smaller uh, businesses, and I talk about it, and I promote them. And it's just something that just kind of came to me one day, and I started writing up the, the plot about it and just brought it to – just manifested it. I love it, man. Well, I, I, I've already told you I'll help in any capacity, right? We're all a family here at O-State. Um, and, and, and I love your journey. I love your path. Uh, what you stand for is amazing. To be able to come back after the, the severity of injuries, multiple injuries uh, mm-hmm. that, that you had, it just – you left an indelible mark on a lot of people at Oklahoma state. And I just hope that you um, are, are always recognized for that Um, because yeah, again, you open the door for us getting the big four star, five star kids um, that are around the Oklahoma area, because for a long time, again, we had to recruit Texas because we didn't get the top guys in the state. So yes, you, you open the door and then the things that you battled through it's the embodiment the physical embodiment of the cowboy culture 100 Bubba. so thank you for what you gave us because it was more than just football for us fans to watch you come back from what you went through and being a local and knowing what you already were doing at guthrie right and the expectations that were on you at the running back position to see you flourish uh it, it was it was cool man it was really really cool and i think it's it's important because it's it, it's exactly what I think we're transitioning to again. Uh, so this next next season should be very reminiscent of the days when you and Brian Ward uh, were roaming the field. So I'm I'm, I'm excited, man, and, and it's, it's an honor to have you on the show. Uh, what was the name of your podcast again, brother? Because I think everybody everybody that listens here, make sure that you go check out Kai Staley's podcast and somehow brother man we're, we're international okay so we're giving shout outs to everybody in finland and, and and all the other countries that are watching so make sure that you check his podcast out make sure you subscribe to it name drop it one more time for us please brother i mean it is a uh, athletes with appetites you can get on instagram uh it's at ath with appetites underscore that's where i post the link and uh you can kind of see uh the places that i go and what i'm eating and uh everything like that I love it, man. All right, brother. Well, we're we're definitely definitely gonna have to link up here before too long. Yeah. Uh, I'll be traveling, covering some seven on seven media tournaments. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm sure we'll get uh, we'll get hooked up at one of these times, and we'll do we'll do an episode live and and chop it up that way. And then again, whatever you need for for me, if you need any assistance in any capacity when it comes to the podcast, more than happy to help, brother man. More than happy to help. Right on, man. I appreciate that. Thank you for thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. Absolutely, man. Anytime. All right, cowboy and cowgirl nation, say hello to number nine in your hearts, Kai Staley. Greatly appreciate your time, brother man. As always, we will do this again. All righty, y'all. I think that's all we got for this one. It is massively important, in my opinion to make sure that we continue to connect these dots. Because if you want to see what the production could be in 2023, oh, heck, I don't know. Go back and watch some of the 20 
2011 stuff. Go back and watch some of the 2010 stuff. You're going to see some similarities. And again, it's because of guys like Kai that got us a blueprint. We know we can do this. We've seen it. We've done it. It's in the warehouse. All Gundy's got to do is pull the blueprints back out and point exactly to what Kai Staley and Bryant Ward were able to do. And this is the recipe for success moving forward. I can't wait. So as always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. Thank you for making this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. All right, y'all. Until the next one. Later.